Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Sorry.org Hardcore 2.0 episode 41 speeding right along. Today we're going to talk about three orals bulker with Europharmacy. So we're going to go over our top three Europharmacy's oral bulkers. We're also going to touch on a couple more as well because hell, you know, we're going to we're going to kind of go over these, but we're going to go over our top three best oral bulkers. We're going to give you some tips and advice to how to use uh, bulking to your advantage when it comes to orals. We're going to kind of debate why bulking is gaining popularity right now. Um, we went through a phase of aesthetics. We're kind of switching back to bulking. It kind of goes back and forth over uh, the years when it comes to, uh, you know, the way uh, bodybuilding is. And, um, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. We're also going to talk about orals. Are they coming back into bodybuilding? We went through a phase where a lot of people weren't using orals and now people are using more orals again. So it's going to be a really fun episode mobster uh, that we're going to get into. But first, let's you know touch a little bit on Europharmacies. And Europharmacies, they're a really cool brand. And they've been around a long time. And they're really a, a, a go-to brand. I know for me, um, if I need a cycle and um, I'm looking for an oral, they have great injectables as well, but in this podcast, you know, we're talking about their orals. If I want a go-to oral that I know is going to be dosed right, that I know is going to be competitively priced where I won't get ripped off. There's nothing worse than buying something and then finding out that you paid, you overpaid, you know, that's not something, that's not a good feeling. You know, it's like when you buy a car and then like two weeks later, you check the price again and they drop the car like two, three thousand dollars. You're like, damn, I could have waited. I could have waited an extra week and saved like two or three thousand dollars. I hate that feeling. So this is nice with your farmers is they keep their prices competitive and affordable. It's not like it used to be. I don't, 15 years ago, you would go online, you buy steroids and you would pay a fortune for steroids. Steroids were not that easy to get. But thanks to companies and brands like Europharmacies, they're able to bring, they they make their products in, in mass, they mass produce their products in bulk. So they're able to bring it to market at a very competitive price and really keep the entire market deflated. Um, so people aren't overpaying for anabolic steroids. So that's a really cool thing. And they're not greedy, mobster as well. I mean, they could easily charge a lot more for their products because they have such a great reputation, but they don't because they want to keep their customers satisfied and they have a yeah. really high retention rate of customers. It's well over 90%, meaning when I people so, use yeah. Europharmacies, they come back and use them again over 90% of the time. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking of stuff like, for example, Steve, uh, I, I some companies that we've looked at uh, and even that we've uh, probably used in the past, uh, listeners especially have had minimum order values and uh, all, all companies have minimum order values but sometimes it's a thousand dollars as a minimum and i know for a fact using neuropharmacies uh, one of their resellers i don't have that issue something else that occurs to me steve while you're talking and i've actually mentioned this when we talked about neuropharmacies before their customer service is great great and in fact i uh, since i've been using this company what i'm going to say is almost the same amount of time that I've been working with Evo, so about five or six years now, the customer service has actually improved from any issues that I had, which was literally just communicating uh, with, with, with the company to the reps that they have specifically. I'm thinking of one person, and he he's awesome. And I, I honestly, uh, two or three rival companies that are right up there in terms of size or whatever else, and the sheer volume of product that you're moving means you can have like 98 or 99 percent customer satisfaction steve but that one percent tends to be kind of loud I, I see less complaints 
and great resolve when complaints are there uh, because of the customer service, because of how they're on point and so on and so forth. Something I touch upon whenever we do these kind of podcasts is the certificates of analysis. Some places, the lab test or the certificate of analysis need updating. You know, they're from last year, Steve, or whatever. I like to see them. I like to see how close the product is to being what it is and so on and so forth. Europharmacy is a great in that particular regards, and they will legitimately post a copy of a certificate analysis or a lab test, Steve, and it's a few milligrams off or it's a few milligrams over. I like that because it's literally saying we're authentic. The lab tested our products and we was a tiny bit under, guys, but we're showing you that we're a tiny bit under or we was a tiny bit over. I almost like that purely and simply because to me it's a suggestion of open and, and being honest and saying, you know, we can do these things and whatever else. And something else, Steve, as well, and this is literally just the case, all companies should do this, all organisations should do this, but I, if they're almost open again in this regard, and that is that they're constantly trying to improve with updating the website, with the pro- product that's available, and so on and so forth. Now, today's topic, of course, guys, is bulking, and we're going to get into that in a minute, but one of the things that I mentioned, Steve, in the pre-show is their options. But the sachets is a common option. It used to be the little plastic bottle, Steve, that everybody was using. But I also noted when I mentioned this to Steve in a pre-show, they do color variants. So, you know, my, uh, guys, it makes no difference, but they offer it to you as a service. So it might be a red pill or a white pill. And they also do strips. Some of you like strips for the simple reason, perhaps it's just easy to carry around, pop that pill out and so on and so forth. And even mark out the days you're going to use them and that kind of thing. So literally different companies that sell their products have these different variants. It, and you go into the Europharmacy's uh, website themselves, see that those variants are there. And of course, that means if you look around, you can have what you need, how you want it, in the milligram doses that you want it, and so on and so forth. So some companies, they will offer one variant. It's a white pill, see the sachet, that's, your, that's it. And of course, it works, because that's what it's supposed to do. But like when we go to different supermarkets for different things, Steve, we like it in this place, we like it in that place. You talked about the car. We go to this dealership. We go to that dealership. We want what we want as customers. And Europharmacy is offering those variations for you, the customer, if you want them, Steve. Yeah, and it's very important to remember with oral steroids, a lot of people think, well, oral steroids, what can go wrong if I'm if I'm using oral steroids that aren't legitimate? Well, I'll tell you exactly what can go wrong. What can go wrong is you can make yourself very sick because what happens is when they make oral steroids, they press them. And if they're using something, you know, that's a toxic chemical uh, that's in that oral steroid, you're eating, you know, a perfect diet. You're eating, you're avoiding chemicals, you know, and and you're avoiding foods, you know, that are full of chemicals and pesticides and stuff already. So you're doing you're doing what you need to do. You're doing your homework. And then you take a pill where it's some underground lab, some meth lab, where they're making these oral steroids in the middle of nowhere in someone's basement or someone's trailer. And you walk in there and it's chemicals, like literally a mile away, you can smell the chemicals coming out of the the person's trailer. That's how toxic this stuff is. So now you're putting that in your body. So it doesn't make any sense. Let me jump back in here for a second. Sorry to interrupt. But I've, I mean, I've talked about this on another show. Right? And this is the difference between, and it's, it's kind of silly, so let me explain myself. Right, In a previous show, I described how there was a documentary on the TV some years ago, probably 10 or 15 years ago, Steve, I'm an old motherfucker. And it may be on YouTube somewhere, guys, you might be able to find it. And essentially, the police and the TV company went on a hunt for companies that were producing underground labs, Steve. And the particular place in question was in Wembley. Now, the machine that they use to coat pills is very, very similar to a cement mixer. But these guys were using a cement mixer, the kind that you can go and hire from a hire shop. Literally the one, if you were resurfacing your garden path at the back of your house, or redoing the driveway to your garage. That's what they were using. Now, the machine, as I say, the actual machine that they use in a big pharmaceutical company like Europharmacies does resemble that. But for obvious bloody reasons, it's not lined with an orange paint 
or the name of the hire company on the side. It will be stainless steel. It will be a huge, great machine. I can talk about, for example, you might recall um, uh, tryptophan, the issue with tryptophan some years ago, Steve, where uh, I think it was a Korean or Japanese company. I'm, we'll put that out there, which country was somewhere in Asia. And essentially the issue was that they wasn't cleaning the machine properly. So listen, right? it comes down to simple quality issues and you do not want uh, issues. And again, I've talked on this before. Any company that's been around for 10, 15 or 20 years, like Euro Pharmacies, has to, has to, just to survive as a company, produce quality products again and again and again. They're not switching out this uh, cheaper steroid for a more expensive one because that's easier and so on and so forth. They're, they're, you're not, guys, you can go online and you can say, oh, are we looking at infections? Are we looking at complaints? Are we looking at upset stomach? No, no, no. Steve and I have used Europharmacy as 100%, as Steve says, for me as well, a go-to company. I have Europharmacy's product here right now. I think I've got a couple of other brands, but the majority of what I've got here is Europharmacy's. And, 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 and all my oral cycles, Steve, I'm trying to think if I've used a different oral uh, uh, cycle supplier and the answer is no. I have used a couple of different injectables for one reason or another, but I haven't used a different oral supplier for a long time. And that includes my ED products. So for me, Steve, I know where I am. I know how I feel on them. I don't have any side effects. I certainly don't have any upset stomachs. I've never had an infection. So for me, it's safe in that particular regards. And I know, as Steve knows, that the feedback we get from members is exactly the same as what I'm saying. This isn't just me talking because I'm on a podcast, guys. You can come onto our forums and you can check. You can, you can see that what I'm right about the customer service. You can see that I'm right about the quality. You can see that people are having positive cycles, that they are gaining because this works and this is exactly how it's supposed to be dosed and all those kind of things. So that's not just us pushing or promoting a company. You can come and check with other members that aren't doing podcasts, exactly what I said, and I'm echoing, Steve, almost mirroring what those members are saying for themselves. Don't talk for myself, talk for the other members, and I can see that they're saying exactly what I'm saying. And again, even like I said, the customer service thing, Steve, the feedback that people come on, even if they come on, oh, I'm a bit confused, can you help me? Do, 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 do. Within a day, customer reps there from the company, sorting the problem out, never hear about it again, Steve. Always resolved, always sorted. And the, the number of complaints, the number of issues are tiny. I start because I'm there all the time. See, three complaints last year, something like that. It's, it's and and for small, small things, no no major issues whatsoever. That to me, and they're getting better at it. Their products, uh, the way that they sell their products, better. The way that the products displayed, the websites and the reseller websites are getting better. They're being improved all the time. So they are literally probably sitting down, Steve, like a proper company should do. And saying, what can we do to improve how we distribute our products, how we sell our products, how we manufacture our products? What services can we provide to our customers? So, for example, products would be dropped if they're not selling. Other products would be boosted. Can they make the product better? Can they display it better? Can it be packaged better? This stuff goes on all the time. And I'm literally thinking just one of their resellers, Steve, where they've updated in the last two years, I think, the website twice for that particular reason. And 90% of what that reseller sells is Europharmacy's product. So they're probably working together with the reseller to make sure that this goes out there exactly how it's supposed to. And I, as an example, Stephen, just let me finish on that particular point. And it just occurred to me as I was talking. They literally came online on one of the forums and said, what can we do? Give us feedback on what we're doing right now on how to improve what we're doing for you, the customer. That is exactly the sort of questions you should be asking. You're not getting that with the big brand names in the supermarket, are you, Steve? Let's talk about now. Is bulking becoming popular? I'm going to say yes. I don't think it's quite there yet, Steve, but definitely starting to build up. There's a variety of reasons for this, and Steve touched on it at the beginning of the show. Everything, because I'm an old motherfucker, Steve, everything is cyclical. So, for example, we know 100% in terms of uh, just the influence that they have, the followers that they have, and so on and so forth. Seabub, for example, has got something ridiculous, and I'd have to double-check this. I believe he's got something stupid, Steve, like 15 million followers as a classic physique, Mr. Olympia. Equally, 
you could look at the uh, the current Mr. Olympia and last year's Mr. Olympia, and I think it was something like three million and five million, and and both of those would have picked up a few numbers the moment they got crowned in the Mr. Olympia title. So that would argue you say all oh, classic it's more popular. I will say yes and no. I think what it is, Steve, is it's more popular in the high street with the average Joe, but there's never ever you go to any gym. And a big motherfucker comes in and starts using some big weights, the 20 inch arm, the 50 plus inch chest, and so on and so forth. It's a physical thing. You can't help. It's nature, Steve. Literally, put a big motherfucker next to a little motherfucker, and your eyes are by nature drawn to the big motherfucker, especially if they're both in condition. That's number one. Number two is the cyclical nature of fashion, vogues, and popularity, and so on and so forth. So there's a huge argument to be made for. The bulk, being big, being strong, being muscular, being, as we sometimes get confused when people ask us, looking like a wrestler, looking like a pro football player, uh, the guy that works the door and so on and so forth, people are comfortable with that. And, of course, social media has that little bit of an influence as well. So it's starting to creep in for certain, Steve. I wouldn't say necessarily 100% popular right now, but certainly becoming more popular. So, yeah. I mean, the, the whole bulk thing, like I just said, I, I use this analogy when I've talked to fellas at the gym and I said, look, if you didn't know how nice and friendly and sociable I am, especially when we're training and talk, chewing the fat and just being bros down the gym or wherever else, and you saw me coming down an alleyway towards you and it was poorly lit, you'd hesitate, purely and simply because I weigh over 300 pounds and I'm six foot three inches tall. Now, it doesn't mean to say I'm indestructible or a Superman or an MMA champion or something like that. But it's human nature to have that moment of reflection. Think, can I take that motherfucker if he tries to hit me? That kind of vibe. And it's it's the same like when people go to parties, Steve. And if everybody there is under 200 pounds and a 300 pounder turns up, there's going to be conversations about him. There might be questioning his intelligence. They might be saying, oh, he's all muscle and, you know, no brains, et cetera, whatever. But equally, there'd be someone saying, look at the size of his arms. And here's the thing that's kind of fucked up, Steve. Us bodybuilders and weightlifters or strength athletes or whatever else, we love the idea. This is how daft it is, right? And there's memes on this, so some of you would have seen these memes. We love the idea that being big, being muscular, being in shape or whatever else attracts the women. And I would argue that perhaps it does. It helps for sure. It helps also if you're incredibly confident. But the amount of times that you'll end up with guys when you're at a club or bar or in a pub, as we would say over here, or downtown or or social situations, you know, barbecue, whatever else, the bros will come over and say, what do you bench? What do you deadlift? What do you squat? How big are your arms? And it's kind of a weird situation. They're naturally drawn, I think, to that. So don't get me wrong, Steve. I'm reminded a little bit of back when I very, very first started training. There was uh, young guys, the skinny guys that had abs, would always have the shirt open so you could see the abs, right? So you can say, I'm lean and ribs, I'm in shape, baby, blah, 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 blah. But if you're a big motherfucker and you look like you're wearing two sweaters and you're not, people are just naturally, and especially young men, going to be drawn to the big motherfucker. It's just how it is, Steve. So I think perhaps there's an element of that now. And I'm probably I'm thinking of a couple of uh, other labs who should remain nameless on this podcast that I follow on uh, Instagram. Um, I'm thinking specifically of the, the fellow that owns the company, Golem who is just a 360 pounds, certainly was a 360 pound freak. And uh, you've just had photographs of his huge, great slabs of meat with veins on it, squatting 600 pounds and, you know, walking around with some sort of huge dog in front of a Bentley or whatever else. And he was just an absolute freak. I'm reminded of perhaps of a couple of the bodybuilders back in the day, Steve, that you and I have discussed on these shows, walking around the supermarket. It's not a classic physique guy. It's not someone with a six-pack. It is an absolute 260, 280, 300-pound monster. And some people like that. They want people to look at them, even if it's not for a nice reason. They want people to go, what the fuck is that? I, there's one more thing for you, Steve. Just This is from my own experience. I'm not necessarily that self-aware when I'm out shopping. Go to the supermarket, Steve. I'm looking for the ice cream. Where's the pints of milk? And I go marching off with the girlfriend just getting out the car and she sort of follows me into the supermarket, you know, 20 or 30 steps behind me because I'm off with my trolley. I'm, I'm cracking on. 
And she she said on a couple of occasions, people were getting out of their way. And I was literally going, you know, for look, for looking for sausages or milk or something. See, I didn't give it a moment's thought. I wasn't walking around a supermarket trying to scare old people to get out of the way. I was just shopping and in a hurry or whatever. And she said, literally, they would see you coming and move to one side and then sort of look over the shoulder at you as you went past when I was like 290, 300 pounds, Steve. It's, it's, it's human nature. And maybe there's a thing for the younger guys now. If you're bigger than your buddies, that's maybe a thing. If you're bigger um, in social situations, you will get attention. Sometimes it's not always positive, but maybe, again, that's what people like. And who doesn't like being big and strong, Steve? And especially so in the winter time. There's almost, uh, I would say, about 80 or 90% of young men out there that train, they want to bench three plates. They want to squat four plates. They want to do five plates. And if it's only to beat their buddies, then that's fine. So, yeah, there might be an argument for it, and I'll ask you what you think on this as well, as to, you know, the popularity, as you said at the beginning of the podcast. Is that sort of sense of size being something that we think might be becoming more attractive? Yeah, I think so, buddy. I, you know, I think it's it travels back and forth. I think a lot of it has to do with some of our um, heroes out there. What are they doing? A lot of the trends, it's just like fashion. It comes and goes. And I wonder, too, if it's influenced as well by certain, you know, things beyond our control, you know, like you know what we you know i've never really understood that buddy like i never understood fashion like i don't understand why you go to the uh clothing store and there's like a thousand different types of shirts or dresses or suits or whatever and you'll be with someone who knows about this stuff and be like oh this is horrible oh this is gonna i'm like why are they selling it then it's horrible. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. But the thing is, because things get into fashion and get out of fashion all the time. And it's the same thing with this. And I've noticed the trend too, where we went through, you know, the whole aesthetic thing. There was like a few years where everybody was trying to get aesthetic. Everyone was trying to get aesthetic. And then now seems like people are actually getting a hold of their bodies and they're leaner. And now they're like, well, now I want to bulk up, you know? So a lot of it, a lot of it changes based on that. We went through a phase where it seemed like everybody was just overweight. And now things people are getting on the curve. People are learning different strategies to keeping the weight off and stuff. So, you know, it's going to go back and forth. It's a cycle and I expect it to, to keep happening, but we're going to do these podcasts uh, no matter what, you know, whatever the style is, we're going to do podcasts to fit every different types yep. of lifestyle. For sure. What you want what you want information wide, guys, is what we're able to provide for you. So if you want to bulk, we'll help you. If you want to look aesthetic, we'll try and get you to, to shape that body. If you want a six pack, we'll try and work that for you too. That's what we're here for, Steve. And then, what about uh, the idea? Yeah. Sorry, what about the idea? Um uh, I don't want to rush along too much, but what about the idea of uh are orals making a comeback? I'm gonna say yes. And again, Steve and I were chatting about this in the pre-show. So, you know, it's kind of a weird situation, Steve, and I suspect the media might be having an impact here. And it might just be recreational drug use in America, which is the biggest market, naturally. Okay? So uh, we don't think we're necessarily affected by the things. What Steve just said about fashion, I've probably been guilty of that when I was younger, but now I'm older, I'm like, eh, don't care, I wear what I like. But when I was younger, for sure, Steve. So we are influenced, consciously or unconsciously, so, for example, and I don't want to make it too much of a downer, I like these, these shows to be more positive, but, for example, we know that medication is overprescribed. There's no argument for that. It's, it's super commercial in a way that it was. It's, it's probably more commercial now at this point in history than it's ever been in terms of uh, products and medication for conditions that you wouldn't have even considered to be a condition before. And at the same time, recreational drug use is kind of fucked up. With a, and so there's an association. And me and Steve actually touched on this in the show that we recorded yesterday. We were talking about the ease of having orals around the house safely packed away versus uh, if you've got kids or, or, or a wife or partner who's uncomfortable because she's got kids around the idea of you using syringes. So there's that. I think there's also an argument, like I said, this association. Not only do you not want your children or her kids, or whatever, accidentally pick it up, even if it's a clean, unused syringe, 
You don't want to come in across this. You don't want to do that. And of course, you also don't want uncle or daddy or you to be associated with this idea of drugs because you're trying to be a positive role model. But there's also the element, as I said, with the recreational stuff. So, for example, you know, how uh, if, if I have any, which I do not see, but if I have any drug like paraphernalia here in my front room, in my lounge, in my kitchen, that we know that we sometimes see in these documentaries and news items and so on and so forth, I'm instantly, almost deliberately trying to associate myself with how cool I am because I use drugs. Cannabis would be a great example, Steve. But equally, heroin use, methadone, uh, meth, amphetamines, all that kind of stuff, and any of these things that by association that I might live in those places, I might live right by those people, but I don't want to be associated with those people. So there's an element in that particular regard. Almost, for example, if we're getting over the counter of prescription medication that we're comfortable with, that we know all our buddies and friends have, all I'm doing, really, when I take an oral steroid is adding another pill to my little box, to my, my daily whatever. So maybe it's that element of being, being more comfortable with it. And I think also, as we said, with the bulk stuff, Steve, arguably, and especially when we're talking about products in a little while, it's, it's so easy to do. Now, we recorded a show yesterday that Steve knows about where we were arguing about, um, I say arguing, debate. Steve and I don't argue. We were debating the back and forth over um, other people's opinions in regards to oral steroids. One was oral steroids don't work, but that's patently untrue. Another one was the amount of time you can run oral steroids for from two to four weeks. Well, I've run multiple eight-week cycles and so on and so forth. So some of the information I said on the show we recorded yesterday and for this show that we're recording today is opinion. And of course, what we try to do when we do these shows, guys, is offer you the facts. And the facts of the matter are oral steroids work. Uh, they are no more or less harmful, arguably, because of the dosage that you're likely to take if you use an injectable steroid or a stack of injectable steroids or even a stack that's injectable and oral steroids. It's going to be multiples at least two times, as I did in the show yesterday. If you were doing a testosterone injectable cycle, it's typically going to be 500 milligrams. Versus, for example, as we'll discuss shortly, Dynabolt at 30 to 50 milligrams. That would be 210 to 350 milligrams a week. So automatically, you're using more of an injectable. Is an injectable safer? Arguably, yes. But you're using more, which negates the argument. See what I mean, guys? So in isolation, certain theories come to the fore. People's opinions come to the fore. And there's reasons for that. Their own reasons, for example, for training. Are they bulking themselves? what they want, their condition when they started versus yours and so on and so forth. So again, we, we always talk about listening to these podcasts and checking the articles because we want you to don't, don't deal with the opinions of, of someone specific. Deal with the facts and double check the information. So when we do these podcasts, including this one, go away and research the dosages, the, the safety issues, how to run the stacks, Compare them to the information we've given you. And I think, Steve, that we'd probably be 98%, on point when we're giving this information across as best as we possibly can in the safest, arguable way. So, for example, uh, are, they, are oral steroids coming back? Yes, I think so. Uh, companies like Europharmacies have a broad and deep range of oral steroids. They wouldn't do that, Steve, if those products wouldn't sell. They know, for example, that people are more likely to bulk in the winter time. That's just how it is. And why do they? Why would they produce a product that no one was buying? They just wouldn't do it. No, no company does that. That would be daft. So yeah, definitely oral steroids are making a comeback. There may be people out there that perhaps are fans of injectables, but absolutely, the, the oral steroid stuff still works. And we're going to talk about our own favourites, especially today, Steve, of ones that we've personally used, the doses we use them what Europharmacy provides for you, and, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so why don't we jump right into it, buddy? So Mobster on the pre-show uh, found a really cool Europharmacy's oral option for bulking. And first off, with the Europharmacy's, typically their orals, you know, a very high percentage of them either come in 10 milligrams or 25 milligrams. So it works really good. Um, 
And because it gives you flexibility, some people like to split up the dosing throughout the day. Some people would rather just, you know, take it once a day. So really you've got the flexibility to get either 10 milligram or 25 milligram oral with their, with their, uh, with their options. So one of the cool ones that mobster pointed out to me on the pre-show was a Euro pharmacy's bulk cycle is what it's called. And this is a really interesting one because I haven't seen this before with other sources and other brands. And this is a 25 milligram Anadrol and a 25 milligram Dianabol D-Bol option. And this is really cool because it gives you the, be the, the, the best of both worlds here. So no matter what you're doing when it comes to your bulking goals, you can definitely get a nice bulk on Anadrol and Dianabol together. So 25 milligrams of each. So Anadrol, it's a very interesting oral steroid. It's called A-bombs. It's called A-bombs for a reason. Because when you take this stuff, you get you get some effects. I mean, it's like dropping a bomb in your body. You get some really nice effects. So you can run 25 milligrams of Anadrol. And you can run 25 milligrams of Dianabol on their own. But this one is both together mobster so it's a really really cool one and you can get um enjoy both of them um they're already mixed for you yeah so in this case anadrol look it's a dht derivative it doesn't aromatize into estrogen dianabol is a testosterone derivative it does aromatize into estrogen so you're kind of getting half and half on that so anadrol is a really interesting one because it is a dht derivative it's going to give you a hardening effect but it's also going to bind to estrogen receptors at the same time. So it's a really fascinating steroid. Basically, when it comes to bulking monster, I mean, this is the most dummy proof option that you can do by stacking these two together like this. And um, it's a really, really cool one that they put together for you. So you don't have to do it on your own. So you can basically just take, take it yourself. And it's really, really cheap as well. I'm looking at the price that they have it for the more you buy the more you sell from your pharmacies yeah, yeah. So, ironically Steve, yeah. ironically so you're taking 50 milligrams and it's 25 <laughs> milligrams of each so really you can just take one of these a day yeah and yeah you'd have tremendous results or you can take one in the morning one in the evening and that's have what i was thinking well. yeah, yeah they, that's they probably do the best bulk, option yeah they do a bulk buy deal on their bulk so there's a bit of a tongue twister guys but yeah i, I think steve's quite correct with this i don't respond to anadron i don't know why but if you do, this is double whammy. This is double whammy. And for me, this I think the phrase that Steve just said just now, idiot proof, is almost on point with this one. I I be I think it's one of those, if you can't bulk on this, what the fuck are you doing, guys? Definitely it's got to be a diet issue. You should blow up like motherfuckers on this one. And again, as Steve said, either, either um, one pill, which is probably what I would run just to see how I was going to get on with it, see, especially if I was new to this, but two a day. So 100 milligrams total, uh, and you can the anadrol at 100 milligrams is actually okay. It, the uh, 50 milligrams uh, that you're getting of each actually makes it perfect. But you can actually run anadrol separately, up to 100 milligrams a day. But 50 milligrams again is about right. Uh, 30, 50 milligrams would normally be the case with debug. But these two together, the synergy, which is the word Steve's used before, I think it would be absolutely perfect. Uh, just hydrate like as much as you can, kill it in the gym, and definitely make sure you put the food in there. You need fuel to grow. You need you need fuel to add on size. But yeah, this is just about as idiot proof as it's possibly to get. And I like the simple fact that they produce this because we talk about labs and products etc. all the time on these on these shows, but we rarely see, especially in orals, a bulk cycle prep product. That's just real simple. You have, sometimes, Stephen, I do this. I take the pills and I put them in a little container in the morning for my vitamins and whatever else. It can get what pill have I put in there? They're both wet. This is like, I don't have to think about it. There's one pill or two pills a day. It's exactly the same. It's already done for you. You haven't got to mix it up. You haven't got to separate it out because it's already there. So yeah, straightforward again. And as Steve said as well, ironically, a bulk price deal on a bulk product. Uh, the, I think it's five, six, seven, whatever else, Steve. And then you, you, you'll save money and uh, get a great deal. And with that kind of level, you're almost got enough for two cycles right there. And sensible, sensible prices, Steve, for sure.
Other products that they produce, the, the names are a little bit of a play on words here, guys. So, for example, they do Oxandrolex as opposed to Oxandrolone. And, of course, that is Anavar. Anavar isn't what we would call a bulker bulker. It'd be more of a lean bulk. I've talked about this on other shows with Europharmacy-type products, especially, uh, especially even most, most recently when I was doing my power thing, Steve. I will add, if I just take Anavar on its own, I would normally go up, and I'm especially thinking back in the day, Steve, I'd go from 280 to 285, 290 to 295. I would add five pounds on cycle. And as I've explained on other shows, I'm not trying to be 340, 350, 360. Whatever gains I get now, it's almost like an added bonus, Steve. I'm not going out of my way to be even bigger than I already am. But I would absolutely put on, training real hard, of course, guys, deep into my training cycles, easily put on half what I might do on D-Bowl with a lean bulker like Anavar in this particular state, so Oxandrolix. And again, as Steve said as well, comes in 10 and 25 milligrams amounts. I, to me, this has always been a power product. I always, when I take Anavar, I'm looking to add more weight to the bar to get stronger. But who can't, Steve, what we talk about lean bulking, dry bulking, five pounds of muscle is five pounds of muscle. And all I had to do to keep that, had I wanted to, was tweak my diet and moderate my training so that I was creating the stimulus, keep the size, and feeding that size with sufficient fuel. Now, again, back in the day, I was quite happy to go back to 280, go back to 290. So it was never a thing. But it always worked like that for me, Steve. And it's definitely a lean bulker versus a wet bulker, or what we call the dry versus wet, lean versus puffy, or whatever else you want to call it. What about other choices, Steve? Yeah, and in the next one we'll talk about a little bit too is going to be the EP Super Droll. And Super Droll is one of those where it's a absolute weapon when it comes to using it because you get such quick results on it, but it's so damn toxic. So with the Europharmacy Super Droll, you can definitely get in on it. Um, and really, you don't need much of this stuff. It's really, really cheap. And you can get it. They call it a Super Droll X is what they call it. And it comes in 10 milligram tabs, of course, because I don't think anyone would be crazy enough to make it in 25 milligrams. Because if you take two of those, you're going to be off the wall. So with these, um, you know, you could start out with 10 milligrams. You go to 20, up to 30. I, I, I wouldn't push 40. I've tried 40. It's uh, way too much, but it's so cheap, mobster. You can buy Super Droll enough super droll to run and have success with for literally less than hmm, how, how do i want to put this mobster literally less than taking your car to one of those uh car wash places you know yeah. down the street it, it costs less to run it and you're going to have super droll left over so your pharmacies once again saves you money so if you want to go the cheap route and you want to do something i'll tell you something with super droll Within a week on this stuff, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna bulk. You're gonna bulk and you're gonna get strong as fuck on this stuff. And it's really an amazing uh, little oral steroid. It's one that I personally um, it doesn't fit my my goals of endurance. But remember, we're talking about bulking here. We're not talking about endurance. If we were talking about endurance, I would tell you stay the hell away from Super Droll. But if we're talking about bulking and getting stronger and getting size, then Super Droll is. Uh, there's nothing better. So with this one, three weeks, maybe you can push four weeks on this stuff. Make sure you're running your liver support with it. Make sure you're getting plenty of sleep on it. You're going to be dragging every day. It's going to make you fatigue. But man, let me tell you something. When you step into the weight room on Superdrol, it is going to turn you into a machine and it works fast. So if you want something just that's going to work in three, four weeks and bulk you up a solid five, maybe 10 pounds, then super droll, man. Eat, go with your pharmacy, super droll X. I'll just jump in for a second here, Steve. The only issue, and I will call it an issue, is uh, that super droll fell underneath the umbrella of uh, pro-hormones back in the day. And Superdrol is 100% a steroid and should be treated as such. If you're your younger listeners, and even the older listeners, and you think it's a pro-hormone, it is not. 
you must treat it as what it is, which is an effective oral steroid that will bulk you up. When Steve and I have talked about Superdrol, and even just now as he was talking about it, I nearly jumped back in, Steve, and says, you're making me want to try it. If only for the strength boost over the uh, the, the the size. I don't need more size, but the, the strength boost appeals to me hugely. So it might be something that I might give a spin before I get too old for these things in the not-too-distant future, just to see if I get the strength gains that Steve's talking about. And I've never used it before, so hopefully the stimulus for me would, would be great in that particular regard, Steve. Now, while we've been talking, you've got to love this, how this works, Steve. Literally, while you were talking about Superdrol, I've just had Senior Pharmacy's products burn up, such as the nature of these things, coincidence or whatever else. Um, I, I, I'm looking at none of my little particular list here, Steve, and one of the things that's absolutely obvious, and I've described this because it's not me describing it, it's been said this way for years, Diana Bowl, uh, uh, I'm trying to think how they say it here, particularly, Steve, because of this, the, the spelling of it. Um, excuse me. Methandionex is how Europharmacies uh, named it, but it's Dynabol. Dynabol, Breakfast of Champions, was the phrase that I was thinking of before, and it's just about as idiot-proof as it's possible to get, short of the, the bulk that we referred to earlier on. Super, super easy. I said on a previous show, Steve, what percentage of listeners or users of steroids, full stop, injectable or otherwise, had started on uh, Diana Bowl? Certainly up until probably 10 or 15 years ago, 80 or 90% of people's first cycle would have been oral steroid Diana Bowl. Very, very simple. I respond incredibly well to this. Uh, and I've never, I've actually, I think a couple of times I've gone to 50 milligrams, but I didn't get better results than when I was using 30 milligrams a day. That's just 210 milligrams a week. Uh, my first cycle full stop was Dynabol, and I believe I ran it for six weeks. I've run it for eight weeks. I've used it with, with other products, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Again, super, super easy. Split it through the day, 100%, no problem. I think when I was looking, the people were arguing about the half-life, either eight hours or so three times a day work for me. Two times is more than enough. And I know people that even use this almost as a pre-workout, Steve, for that pump effect and how they feel when they go to the gym. Now, something we've talked about, and we're going to touch on this later on as well, is the nutrient, how important nutrition is, so that your appetite and so on and so forth. We know that some users of D-Bowl talk about the um, sense of well-being that they get and also the appetite, Steve. Talk about the appetite on D-Bowl. Yeah, so Dynable, look, it's a testosterone derivative. The way it was structured, the idea behind it was to be testosterone in an oral form. It hits you fast. Um, as a very, very short half-life monster, four or five, maybe six hours tops. So it's going to be, once you start using this stuff twice a day, it's going to be peaking your system within a couple days. Um, really, really quick peak. And it's going to aromatize very rapidly in the body. So when you create an environment where your male hormones rise, your estrogen rises, typically it's going to improve your mood and it's going to improve your appetite. So it's not like Superdrol. Superdrol will help you bulk, but it tends to kill your appetite because it makes you sick inside and makes you too toxic inside. You see, Dianabol does the opposite. Dianabol will increase your appetite because you won't be so sick inside. Just like when you have a really bad sickness, like, like people who had COVID, or you have a flu or something, you lose your appetite. Um, the first thing they ask you when you take your dog or cat to the vet, how are they eating? The reason they ask that is because if the, your dog or cat isn't eating well, then it means something is wrong inside. Something is sick inside. So that's a really good tell for a veterinarian to want to know that. So that's a huge red flag. Like when my cat got old, she stopped eating. And she really lost a lot of weight. And the reason was that because she was really, really ill and she was really sick inside. So really, you know, that's how it goes with Superdrol versus Dynabol. But with Dynabol, your appetite's going to go crazy. Your mood's going to go crazy. You're going to be wanting to eat everything. And your appetite is going to be incredible. So it is a hell of a cycle for sure. And I have a lot of respect for people who um, 
you know, who are able to take advantage of Diana Bowl. So you want to make sure you're getting on a good nutritious diet and you're you're making sure that you're taking advantage of that appetite increase on Diana Bowl. Yeah, go ahead, Monster. Yeah. Yeah, one of the issues, and I touched on it at the beginning, and we'll, we'll expand on this more momentarily, is you if you're going to bulk, guys, and especially as we just said with Diana Bowl, you want something that's going to stimulate the appetite, you need to eat. And any product, Dynabow again, that makes you want to eat is super, super important. So an appetite increase, I'll, I'll address specifically, as I say, dosages and, and, and cycle length. For me, 30 milligrams up to eight weeks. Although I'd actually go now, Steve, just because my needs of whatever have changed, four to six weeks is perfect for me. But yeah, absolutely, Steve, in terms of the appetite, I think this is a thing, and this is another reason why I've described it as an idiot proof and a starter and a foundation for many, many a cycle back in the day. You need to eat more. Something I actually replied to a comment on the forum, post on the forums this morning, where the person had come up with a perfectly sound cycle that said, you know, I don't always do this with my diet. I don't always do that with my diet. And I said, look, you're asking a car to go faster when you've made no changes to the car. You want to eat more and learn to eat more and get comfortable with eating more. They're not even underweight in this particular example, Steve. And the cycle was great. There's nothing, nothing to add to it. But if they can't eat more, how are they going to grow? If you can't eat more on cycle, if you can't bulk eat more, and there are super, super easy things that we're going to throw at you in a moment, then you're not going to get bigger because it doesn't happen at fresh air, Steve. You might hold a little bit of water, but equally, any gains that you get on cycle, you need to tweak your diet when you come off the cycle just to keep the gains. It's not a huge amount. The variations and the amounts that we're talking about are actually kind of small, but you definitely need to eat more to bulk up, and you definitely need to eat a little bit more to hold your gains. It's super, super important. Have you got any more in there, Steve, before we start to talk about nutrition and training? Yeah, and I think we hit the top the top three options. I mean, if you can't bulk, I, mean, I, I hate I hate to say this, mobster, because I don't like to say stuff like this. You know me; I'm a very fair person. But look, if you can't bulk on those three options, you know that we talked about the uh, the the EP bulk cycle mix of Anadrol and Dynabol, the EP Superdrol, and the EP Dynabol. If you can't bulk on either one of those three, then your genetics are really bad. I mean, I'm going to flat out just say it. Your genetics are really bad. Or you seriously are giving no effort with your training or no effort with your diet. Because it's really the most dummy-proof uh, options possible. We could throw one more in there, Mobster, uh, because they have a really good uh, Europharmacy's Anavar. And Anavar is faked all the time. So I'm going to cheat a little bit and give you a fourth one, even though we're supposed to only do three on this podcast. But they have Anavar in 10 milligram and 25 milligrams. A great option for both females and males. So you can get it for your wife or, or girlfriend as well. And she can get the 10 milligram option. You can go ahead and get the 25 milligram option. So with Anavar, you can run it a little longer, six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks. And then you can go ahead and run for you as a man. You can run anywhere between 25 and 50 milligrams. But for a woman, you can go ahead and run uh, 10 milligrams or even five milligrams and mobster has anavar in his possession as well so mobster is a big dude he's a big strong dude and he loves the bulk and if mobster is using anavar for bulking then it must be good mobster so like i said six to eight weeks you can run it make sure you're running your liver support and you know you can run it at those dosages and you can bulk off of it but the nice thing mobster number one point i want to make about anavar is how heavily it is faked out there. So making sure you get legitimate Anavar is the number one yep. thing. And Europharmacies, if Mobster trusts Europharmacies Anavar, then we know that it's going to be good. So touch on that a little bit, Mobster. And then we need to touch I, I, I did on a, a bulk little bit. Cycle. Yeah. yeah, I did a Europharmacies bulk cycle, guys. And you can come online onto the forums and check the bulk cycle that I run. And I actually started that with some Dianabol, Steve. Uh, and and as an oral, I think I did an injectable as well. And I finished it with Anavar. I said I was going to get the. I got to three hundred and thirty six pounds, which was an all time highest body weight that I've ever been to. Ironically, post cycle I dropped it. I'm just starting to gain back up again. 
But the Anavar for me was, as I said before, I didn't really need to get much bigger. I was, my appetite was decent. I was about as big as I'm ever going to get. And I managed to hold that weight right to the end of the cycle, even though I switched over for the last 10, 14 days to Anavar because I wanted that little peak of strength that was going to give me that at that particular time, I've got a new number in my mind now, but at that particular time, just about six weeks ago now, as we do this podcast, a 195 kilogram, which is 429 pound bench press, which was the best I've ever done in my life, Steve. So not only was I the size of a house, strong as fuck on a bunch of things, uh, I, I added the Anavar into just give me that little bit more of a push at the end that normally be described as a finisher. But I was thinking more of, I just want, I'm as big as I need to be. Let's get a little bit more stronger. Make sure everything's firing on the day when I go for those particular numbers. And I've had some great numbers post-cycles, which is absolutely fabulous. Let me give you some nutrition tips. Now, one of the ones you can do if you were dieting, or you're trying to lose weight, is you. We, we talk about, and you've heard this, you'd have seen this talked about many times, eating slowly. There's a, there's a sort of mechanism in our bodies, chemical, physiological, brain, whatever else, that uh, if you eat slowly, the sense of being full kicks in so you actually feel full up even though you haven't eaten that much food because the amount of time you were chewing and swelling and whatever else is starting to digest food makes you full so if you're struggling with gaining weight eat quicker that kind of makes sense another one for example with dieting steve and losing weight is that people talk about having a, a lot of water with your meal so you again steve eat your food first and just sip as you're eating and these are real, real simple ones. Another one would be, and I've talked about this before, dirty bulking, which we've touched upon. And even this idea that you need to have thousands and thousands of calories. Right. Now, let's say for argument's sake that I hit around, as I'm not as, I don't eat as much food as people think I do, but I'm going to say typically three to 4,000 calories a day. And that keeps me pretty much the size that I want to be. Might concentrate a little bit more on carbs the night before a big training session the following day, legs, for example, and so on and so forth. But in order for me to gain weight, and this is especially true back in the day because I realized it didn't need to be overcomplicated the way that perhaps it could feel like it is, I'm talking about a healthy snack. Now, I'm not talking about a bag of chips and dips while I watch the TV. I'm talking about a healthy sandwich a small meal some macaroni cheese and so on and so forth but preferably obviously with a bit more protein added to it i'd actually go for something 50 50 steve 50 carbs and 50 protein if there's a little bit of fat in there fine but i wouldn't necessarily concentrate it but it's literally sometimes just the additional four or five hundred calories a day is sufficient to take you from where you are right now to a new body weight and again, even the post-cycle stuff that I've touched upon earlier on in the show would be, let's see what I weigh. Let's see what I'm doing, my level of activity in the gym. And that's super important. You, if you stimulated size and growth and bulk by lifting heavier in the gym, you cannot ref go back to the same numbers that you were doing before the cycle and expect to keep the same. So, for example, Steve, these are slight exaggerations just to illustrate the point. If I was benching 200 pre-cycle, I went on a bulk cycle with D-Bolt and I got to 250 pounds on the bench. I can't go back to a 200-pound bench press and expect my chest pecs to be as stimulated and keep the size that I added on cycle. That just doesn't work like that. Equally, you might not be as strong as you was on cycle. So, for example, in the example I've just given, going back to 225, uh, Typically for me, it's five or 10 pounds, Stephen. It will be for the listeners, but I'm just making a point here, guys. You need to stimulate as much of the new muscle as possible to retain it. You need to, you don't need to slam in thousands of calories extra a day. We've all done, Steve and I, at some point, and realized how foolish it was, the weight gainers were one or 2,000 calories in, and it turned out they were like 50 or 60% or worse sugar and just a, a 20, 30, 40% protein and carbs. It was just horrendous. Literally 500 additional calories for me is enough for me to put on weight, especially over six or eight weeks. Absolutely. Give us, give the listeners some tricks in regards to food that you use, Steve, when you wanted to add weight. 
Yeah, look, at the end of the day, sometimes you actually brought up a good point when you started Lobster. Sometimes, you know, we we make the mistake of throwing things at our body, which kills our appetite. So it really doesn't make a lot of sense to be throwing like protein powder um, first thing in the morning. Yeah, I'm going to go make a, a, a blend. I'm going to go blend my breakfast. I'm going to put a couple eggs. I'm going to put some some greens. I'm going to put some fruit and then add a bunch of milk. And then add some a couple scoops of chocolate protein powder. And I'm going to mix that up and I'm going to drink that every morning for breakfast. Well, it's a lot of protein. You know, it's a lot of nutrition. It's a lot of protein. You're blending the food. You're processing the food. So it's degrading the nutrition. But also you're killing your appetite in the process. Then you're going to drink that and you're not going to – and you're going to kill your appetite for hours. So you're not – going to be able to efficiently do that your body is going to have to process that it's going to have a very difficult time processing that food because you're throwing 50 different things at your body at one time protein bars another example oh look, I hate at, what's, look at what's in these protein bars there's like 40 different ingredients most of which you can't even pronounce so you put that <laughs> in your body your body doesn't know what it is it doesn't know what the fuck you just put in its body. It's it's, it's getting hit, and it's like, what the fuck is this shit? So let me give so, you another one, Steve. Let me so give what do you think is gonna happen to your appetite when you when you when you scarf down a protein powder? It's gonna kill it. So I'd rather you go eat a nice meal, nice meal of chicken, yeah. broccoli, maybe some salad, some sweet potatoes, some brown rice, stuff like that, and make it. So that it doesn't kill your appetite. Don't drench it in sauce. How many times do you see people eat a salad and they drench it in salad dressing or they drench it in, mm. in, in all kinds of different things? You're defeating the purpose of, of that salad in the first place. So you want to stick to Let me give you another one, guys. And a lot of you are good appetites and nutritions are kind of okay. And you're definitely putting in the volume of the work down the gym. So there's two things. The first one is, I've seen some logs recently, Stephen. I mentioned this on another show not that long ago, a week or two ago, that they're starting a day with a coffee. And that's it. I mean, they're getting up, they're showering, they're getting ready to go to work, and then they're having a coffee, and then they're leaving the house. And the first meal is nigh on like 11 or 12. Then it might be like Steve just said, a protein bar. Guys, five minutes at night time preparing something that you can eat by getting up 10 to 15 minutes early in the morning scrambled eggs on toast don't start the day with a coffee because you got up late because you stayed up late watching the tv so have real food steve talks about this all the time real food versus protein powders and stuff i don't mind the occasional protein powder after training but the rest of the day is whole food steve something i used to do as well which is another tip eat the good stuff before you eat any crap don't put crap into your diet don't eat shit don't be eating protein bars and smoothies and whatever else eat the good stuff get that down you first and then if you must have a treat wait until you're kind of a half full up and whatever else training i'll just touch on this now steve as a show finisher so winter time you're more likely to be covered up than you are in the summertime so in the summertime vests and t-shirts and shorts whatever else and as we go through the years steve we gradually start adding a layer here and the layer there and whatever else I'm looking at hoodies online right now with the company that I'm a brand ambassador for. Yeah, let's send me that bitch. That looks good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just literally in the last few weeks it's become long uh, joggers all the time, Steve. We're wearing shorts literally up to about a month or so ago. So now it's that time of year where I'm going to be covered up all the time and I'm going to have extra layers on. So I don't need to worry about my show muscles. I don't need details. So I can go to the gym and I can kill it. So that would be dips and bench, and press, and squats, and deadlifts, and I'm not trying to work my obliques, I'm not necessarily focusing on my lower back, Steve, so, you know, uh, keep some ab work in there to keep that stomach flat, but otherwise, pull the weight on the machine, go, to, drop the volume a little bit on your training, guys, and definitely, like I said, with the nutrition, look at an extra meal, look at, a, take, Meal prep super, super easy, guys. If you can got the disposable income to buy yourself a steroid sack, you almost certainly got the disposable income if you don't want to do the work yourself to get a meal prep company. And maybe the only time that you would use that meal prep company's product would be as the additional healthy, high-protein meal. You're looking at 40 or 50 grams of protein, Steve. Four, 500 calories max. A lot of them are less. And you're looking to fix the broken down muscle tissue that came from the workout. So yeah, work on your appetites, work on good food, 
use the big heavy compound exercises to stimulate the most mass possible. Keep it, to be perfectly honest, Steve, as simple and as straightforward, the KISS principle as much as possible when it comes to bulking. Additional meal, heavy, heavy exercises in the gym. Wait for the spring and the summertime to reveal the work by doing the show muscles and dropping a little bit fat. Don't get too out of shape. We're not doing the 70s now, guys. You don't need to add 20 pounds of water and fat. So five or 10 pounds is great. If you could do more than that, that's awesome. And definitely have a look at the Europharmacy's options on the site for the products that they have available. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. A podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the first amendment.